be a Bible verse that goes with the Bible verse that we're supposed to be memorizing, which at one time I had memorized. Uh, forgetting those things which are behind. That seems to be my problem. I, I don't remember. Those Bible, they're gone. <laughs> they are just not there anymore. I can tell you where they are on the page. Uh, it's on the left page, on the left-hand side, all out halfway down. But I can't, man, memory is, memory is shot. Turn your Bibles this evening to uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. <clears throat> uh, I don't apologize at all for the message, and this is not uh, the message. There's people sitting in here that could say, was he talking to me? Well, yes. <laughs> but I had nobody in mind. Uh, I, I'm going to give you some Bible verses that deal with change and transition in, uh, in life. We're, our family's going through a lot of it. Cheryl and I are now in our early 70s. Some of us are almost mid-70s. And uh, so we're, we're going through some transitions at home. Uh, we're going through some transitions with the Courier's Ministry. Our family is now starting to see the ch our grandchildren, their children, not only graduate from uh, high school, but several have graduated from college. We've got uh, three that are in, the, in military service. And so our whole family and ministry is it's not in an upheaval. It's just in a time of transition and a time of change. And uh, because I have our salt and light ministry, they're going through some transitions and change. We just had uh, this last year, we've had a couple of our senior members that have passed on into uh, glory. They're having the time of their life, but it's difficult on the ones that have left, been left behind. And so that's kind of how the original thought came about. I don't know how the guys here in the church or even pastor comes up with the messages. A lot of times it's something that I've read. For example, I did the couple of lessons on, on things and whatever. Sometimes a verse will pop out. Sometimes it's just what's going on in my life and so I'm looking up scripture to uh, to deal with it or whatever and so like I said this is kind of what that is all about here in uh, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever we know that that's an easy one to memorize. It's an easy one that we've heard over and over uh, again. But I'm going to kind of focus along those lines as we go through the, uh, the message tonight. Father, I ask that as we meet together that the things that are said would be uh, helpful, would be encouraging, uh, would give wisdom, would give direction, uh, kind of a pat on the back that we're headed in the right direction. Lord, we thank you for your eternal word to be able to guide us in truth, to be able to give us hope, for the future, to uh, give us comfort during difficult times, to, uh, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to guide us in our marriages, uh, guide us in how to raise our children, guide us in how to be a good citizen in America. And uh, so, Lord, again, we just thank you for your word. ask you to use it in lives tonight. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Transitions. Uh, speaking of pie, uh, we were on a which Mrs. Dunbar, I, she made the mistake of asking me, uh, Larry, what kind of pie would you like? I said, well, I'm, I'm not really sure. No, you need to pick one. No, what kind of pie would you like? She asked me at least three times, what kind of pie would I like? 
I was content with whatever she made. I've never had a bad pie at the house yet. But because she kept pressing, I said, I'd like a lemon meringue pie. And there wasn't a look of horror that went across her face, but I could tell she hadn't made one in a while. But we had, we had pie today for uh, after, after lunch. But I'm at the place, and this was an illustration that one of the guys that travels with us used. He said, uh, he said, how many pieces of pie in a pie? Well, it all depends upon how, how you count it, depends upon how many people are going to eat, depends upon how hungry you are. You know, you can just cut it in quarters, but then uh, you can cut it again. And okay, now we've, now we've got six pieces, but some of them are bigger than others unless you plan it all out. But basically, if, you, if, you, if you're trying to be conservative somewhat, you can get eight pieces, eight slices out of, out of the pie. Do you realize I'm on? My last piece. Cheryl and I are on the number seven. And that has caused, and that popped up three years ago in a message uh, when we were in Bulgaria. And so I, that got me thinking about, if I'm going to accomplish something in life, if the Lord gives me three score and ten, and if by reason of strength four score years, gives me 80 years, uh, what is it that I want to accomplish? Is there something on my bucket list that I want to do. I never really thought about a bucket list up until a few years ago, but we're, we're, getting, we're getting near the end one way or the other. We're getting near the end. So I've been asking, Cheryl, what, what, what is it that you would really like to do? Is there some place you'd really like to go or whatever? And so we have filled in uh, several of those things before we started working on, quote, unquote, the bucket list. One of my things in the bucket list is to get back up to Alaska again. Oh, man. You need to go to Israel and you need to go to Alaska. <laughs> uh, and so because of that, I'm spending more time thinking about what am I going to use with the time that I have left. Uh, I've had several people say, well, when are you, and not here, uh, when are you going to retire? What would I do? I like what I do. The only reason I can see stepping away from the courier's ministry and the traveling is if I had a, a stroke or something like that, that I wasn't able to talk, which I stumble and stutter a lot, but uh, uh, I, I can't get myself around or whatever. But I like what I do. And, and so we're kind of in that uh, time, of, time of transition and change. Pastor King, <laughs> oh, you can get some valuable quotes from Pastor King. One of the most memorable is, life is like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it goes. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor, for putting that one in there. <laughs> so, <clears throat> changes in, and I somewhat apologize for this, like I said, not about the message, but because I just mainly did this this afternoon. I know the verses, I had the verses, but the points I want to make are not stuck in the head, so I'm going to have to unfortunately read some of this to you, which is not what I really enjoy doing. It, uh, change is all around us. Some change is put upon us, such as lockdown restrictions, physical distancing practices, uh, maybe health or job changes, and some changes we make ourselves, or maybe we have taken time to rethink some of the things that you and I do, and why do I do them? Why do I do them that way? These changes can cause frustration and confusion. It takes 66 days to, take a, to make a change become a habit, to do it every day. The importance of 
and uh, it's pounded regularly at Wildwood Baptist Church, the importance of reading your Bible, at least reading something out of your Bible every day for those that are not into that habit. It's going to, 66 days, it's, that's, uh, I was going to say two months, my math is not too good. That's, that's three months you would have to be consistent at, no, two times 30 is, <laughs> it's two months, okay. <laughs> math is not my strong, stick to the notes, Larry, yes sir. <laughs> Number one, God never changes. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 90, verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth, the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. While seasons of change uh, in our lives, with seasons of change in our lives, it helps to know that Jesus Christ remains constant. He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This should give us hope and courage to face the future because we know that because he is the same and the Bible is the same, he's the same, he's the same mighty warrior. He's our shield, the hope of, hope, uh, the, hope of the helpless, and the hopeless, our peace, our savior, our helper, our redeemer, our friend, it will still be there for us in the same way, no matter what lies ahead. Some of our changes we see coming. Some changes, sometimes health changes, we don't see coming. The car accident, we didn't see coming. The, uh, the, the major situation that took place at work, we didn't see coming necessarily. Uh, changes at work, just, just thinking of uh, Dan having talked to me uh, the other day about a change that they've got going on. Sometimes you see them coming, but a lot of times they, they just happen. Sometimes we make the change, sometimes other people make that change uh, for us. Turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. We'll look at just a handful of verses tonight. I don't want to keep you real long. The, the weather doesn't look too conducive to driving around in it very much. <clears throat> Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Uh, I, am so, I am so appreciative of my Bible, having spent... Uh, over 35 years helping other people to receive a Bible, traveling to countries and lands uh, where people did not have access to Bibles, it caused me that much more to appreciate my Bible. Right now we're working with a uh, ministry over in, in Laos that they're in the process of translating the Bible into the Laotian uh, language so that they will have a good Bible. Uh, I never really thought about what all is involved. Well. You just learn a language and you go, you know, just you grab verses and you start doing it. That is easy to do in the Old Testament because the Old Testament is pretty much narrative. It's, it's kind of in a story form, a lot of it. But you get to the New Testament and you better know your Bible because there's some things, it, it, it may not translate exactly word for word because when you go from one language to another, there's always differences. In Papua New Guinea, I forgot how many different words there are for sweet potato. It all depends upon, it all depends upon where in the world the development of the sweet potato is. Literally, that's got nothing to do with the Bible. No, I'm just using that as an example. Uh, the Eskimos, 
the Eskimos, I can't remember, it was in the, in Eskimos and Eskimo, I don't, no matter where they live, I guess. Uh, they, they had like 50 different words for the different kinds of snow. What? No, we have big, big flakes and little flakes. We have icy flakes. I, I can narrow it down to about three or four things. But when they live it in all the time, you know, this is special snow. One of the biggest uh, mistranslations that I came across when I first got saved and uh, started going to school, somebody trying to put the Bible into the language of the people, the uh, people down in Papua New Guinea, uh, they, they were not familiar with sheep. So they translated that Jesus Christ was the pig of God. No, you, sh- you, you get a picture of a sheep. Uh, you, know, you, you, don't, you just don't do something like that. But as I said, I never really thought about what all is involved in translation until we have ended up working with several missionaries that will have spent 10 or 12 years to learn the language. And even at that, by two or three witnesses, shall every word be established. You just don't do it by yourself. You have to have three, uh, at least two or three other people that can help write, correct, translate, and make sure that it's right context and everything. But the uh, word of God shall stand forever. Uh, God's word will never fade, disappear, or fail. <clears throat> the word of God is eternal. We can, learn, we can lean on it always and learn from it daily. It continues to stand even in our times of transition. The word of God does not fail because Jesus Christ who never changes, is also called the word of God, which does not change. Both are eternal. Number two, God initiates change. While God never changes, he does cause change to happen. There are different seasons of, in the world and in our lives, and he often brings about new beginnings. Do you feel like you're at a new beginning or a new season in life? Cheryl and I do. We, as I mentioned as, as we got started here, uh, it's a new season of life with, with uh, the grandchildren, uh, even though some of them are graduating from high school, uh, our, our littlest one, Miss, little Miss Kingsley, is what, four, five, four. Ah, what fun little Miss Kingsley is. I, I, I finally got to the place where we were having adult conversations with the grandkids. And now we're back to having Papa running around the house acting goofy and telling goofy stories and reading crazy books and stuff like that. I absolutely love it. Uh, Turn to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. God does bring about, he never changes, but he brings about changes. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, Summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. One of the interesting things about living in the north is we get four seasons. When we lived in Dallas, Texas, I didn't feel like we got four seasons. We, we got two and a half seasons is basically what we had down there. One of the reasons we, we left, of course, uh, Cheryl had gotten saved. I had made a profession, so we're not, we're just doing what we think is right. Uh, one of the reasons we moved back to Wisconsin, I missed the four seasons. I'm about ready to move. <laughs> I, 
I caught myself two years ago saying, you know, this is not fun. Like it used to. We, we don't go skiing. We don't go snow machining. We, don't, we do no outdoor winter activity anymore other than sliding around the ice. And Coco, the little Coco the dog, is not even big enough to pull me to <laughs> ice skating down the road when uh, Cheryl takes, her, takes Coco for a walk. So we, we need a bigger dog. And I actually made the mistake of saying that out loud. About six months ago, what we need is maybe Coco would be more settled down if she had a playmate. They thought I said, we need another dog. No, I didn't want the one that we have, much less add another one to it. I'm not showing up at the Dunbars with Cheryl and I and two dogs, okay? Just not going to happen. But God uh, initiates change. Turn to Ecclesiastes, right after the book of Proverbs. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3. Uh, mention this in the, uh, in the morning service, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. To everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. This is one of the Bible verses that guarantees that change will always be there in this earthly life. There's a time for everything. There is a season for everything. It's all for God's purpose and His glory and our spiritual growth. Verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. There's time for seasons of life. A lot of which God planned ahead of time when he created the world that we now live in, and then he populated it, uh, the world with people like us, that there's going to be always something going on. What is, what is going to be like in eternity, I don't know. The Bible is pretty silent on a lot of things of what life is gonna be like up there. But all I know is we're, we face changes Depending upon where you live, what is it? Uh, somebody, somebody said the other day, if you don't like the weather in New York right now, just, just, just wait a day. It's, it'll, it's about to change. But we have changes, and God initiates a lot of those changes. Uh, turn over to uh, chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes, just over a few pages. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Old people say that to young people in one form or fashion. I wish I still had the energy that I do. Uh, youth is wasted on the youth. You know, remember now the, thy creator in the days of our youth. There's some things I would love to go back and change. I wish I'd have gotten saved sooner. But... Because I didn't, the Lord has 
given me the ability to deal with people who had a boatload of life and sin to be able to sit down and deal with them and say, I was there. And it's a dead end road. And let me give you a little hope. Let me tell you what God can do for you. Remember now the Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. My knees are getting shaky, and I don't even need a, a, a knee replacement yet. And the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders, shall, uh, grinders cease because they are few. These uh, and those that look out the window be darkened. Uh, I just, did, just redid my glasses two years ago. They are ready. I need a new prescription. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. He shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. I am awake, wide awake at 5.30 in the morning. I do not have to set an alarm clock. And when it's quiet, when it's absolutely quiet, I can hear the birds outside. But you put me in the church building and y'all are talking, I have to be sitting there right in front of you watching your lips to understand what it is that you're seeing because the, the daughters of music shall be brought low. I have a hard time hearing and understanding. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, I, I, I hate getting up on a roof anymore. Don't ask me to help you. And fear shall be in the way... Uh, uh, the almond tree shall flourish, the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. But look, let us look down here at verse uh, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Just kind of stuck away in the middle of the Bible, in a chapter and in a book that a lot of attention is not paid to it, but it's been one of those, those particularly those last two verses, are two of those verses that have arrested my attention several times to realize I don't know how much time I have but I don't want to be an embarrassment to the Lord. I don't want to be an embarrassment in the ministry. I don't want to end up being an embarrassment uh, to my family because one day, everything, even the secret things, are going, to be, uh, are going to be judged. Remember now and make plans for the future because there are changes ahead no matter what's your age. It is natural to feel some anxiety when things seem to be out of our control. But as we move on while facing uncertainty, it is good to remember that we can always trust in God because he is not surprised by these changes. He knows and will guide us. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you and expect it in. He knows what he wants to see accomplished in our life. He has, he has thoughts of peace. You ever felt like sometimes, as another Pastor King saying, 
that you were God's favorite golf ball. Like it just, you know, you just, man, it's just one thing after another, after another. Lord, please let up. Uh, I, I need a break. Uh, our uh, Shane, our son-in-law that uh, lives down in Tennessee with, with Christy, <laughs> he, he was calling me uh, about six, he was calling me six months ago, and it was almost every week about something else that had gone wrong, something else that had, had broken, something else that he was trying to fix. And he said to me, Dad, when does it end? Is it when you die? It, it, it doesn't really end till there. It's things that we're going to end up going through. But he wants to give us an expected end. Number three, changes and transitions are there to grow us and to make us better people. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Changes and transitions are there to grow us and to make us better people. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, when I first got saved, there was a lot of old things that needed to pass away. I don't have a lot of things passing away or dying or getting rid of now that I've been saved a while. But uh, it says, behold, all things are become new. To, to get to the place where Wow! Have you read in the Bible what God said about this and what's going to happen here and everything? Uh, it, was, it was a fascinating two or three year journey that first three years that I was saved because a lot of the Bible was never covered in the church that I grew up in. You know, they, they just had the little, they weren't homilies, but they were just little sermonettes. And so there, were, there was a large portions of the scripture. I knew about David and Goliath and all those kind of stories. I knew about Peter walking on the water and all that kind of stuff. But there was a whole boatload of stuff that I never heard about. So reading, reading my book, uh, reading my Bible, uh, new things were just popping up all, all over the place all the time. In Christ we are made new. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our life should begin to change. The old things pass away and all things become new. Salvation brings transition or change. And I've got down here with a smiley face. Unless you're under the age of 13. There's something about turning a teenager that they just go goofy. Anybody's had teenagers know what I'm talking about. No, you're sitting there shaking your head. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be quite honest, a nine-year-old is not going to have a boatload of sin to give up. You're not going to see a lot of change in younger people, but it seems like the older that they get and the longer it takes not for them to get saved, but before they get the truth and finally acknowledge it and, and get it, whether they grow up in a Christian home or especially if they don't, uh, it, it, it takes a while for it to register. When you've, been, when you've been in the world for 31 years, oh, there's a lot of stuff that's going to change. You know, there's, there's a lot of transition that, that's going to be there. Our, uh, our behavior priorities and focus changes in Christ. It is not a one-day event. It's a journey. We are to continue to grow and to become more and more like Christ daily. Let me read that again. We are to continue to grow 
and change and become more and more like Jesus Christ daily. That makes for great preaching. But how do you actually do that? I mean, sometimes those of us who stand behind a pulpit or speak to a group of people about spiritual things, we make statements and just assume everybody understands what we're thinking, thinking about, what we're talking about. And uh, I've heard a lot of great preaching about we need to be more like Christ, which is absolutely true. But what we don't always do is tell somebody how to change, what it is that they're supposed to do. I'll just use an example of the young lady, or young lady, the lady that was with us this morning. Been saved for four months. Uh, life is changing. I mean, I, I, I was amazed at how much she has already learned and everything. But it, it, takes, it takes a while for all those changes. Uh, and you, I see it a lot in new Christians that, that just start coming to church and they start getting faithful. They're not sure what they're supposed to do. You know, they're not sure, okay, how, how am I supposed to pray? What, what am I, you know, somebody tell me what to do. Makes for great preaching, but how do we do that? And I, I thought about asking not a rhetorical question, but I'm going to try and keep us on time so that uh, as the roads get worse, we, we don't end up messing, messing somebody up because some of us have a journey to go on. Isaiah chapter 43. I will give the Brinkerhoffs a pat on the back. 40 minutes. That's a bit of a, that's a, bit of a drive to, uh, to do, and I'm pleased and surprised that... Uh, they journeyed all the way over here. Pray for them that the Lord gives them wisdom for their future. There's a little time of transition going on for the last, last few months here. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 43, verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye, uh, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Goes back to the book that I'm reading. It goes back to the message this morning. They're riding through the desert and uh, have the discussion. And right at the appropriate time as circumstances would have it. Unless it was the God working in the affairs of men. There's a pond of water right there in the desert. What doth hinder me from being baptized? The Lord said that he would make rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert. Because of this book that I'm reading, and again me learning the value of water, which I've taken for granted so much in my life, because I've never lived in a desert, uh, even in the, in the military. We were over in Vietnam and we were in Germany. I didn't see any desert or anything like that, to, to learn the, the value of that. Uh, when our lives transition into a new season, it helps not to dwell on the old life and season. We need to fully embrace the new thing which God is doing in our lives. Even when we're moving from what may be a loss and the future looks bleak, God tells us that he will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
In the Middle East, most of the landscape is desert. Imagine having a river in the desert. That's what God promises. He turns the impossible and makes it all possible in our new season. All here, Here's the other statement. All we need to do is just trust God. What, what does that mean? We use terminology that when you've been in church for a while, we know what we're talking about. You know what we're talking about. But new believers or people that come in that, that are not saved, what do you mean trust God? What do you mean walk by faith? What, what do you mean that, uh, that I'm supposed to walk with the Lord? They, the, the teaching and the instruction, the benefit of having a church where you take genuine interest in people that come to church, whether they're an immediate family member or not, where we have time to invest in one another to talk about, so what's going on in your life? What, what's, what's new? What change is taking place in your life? What, what have you learned through this experience? Pastor was preaching about such and such the other, the other day. Have you ever thought about that? How do, I, how do I apply what Pastor was talking about and implement it into my life so I end up becoming the person that God wants me to be? Turn over to uh, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. We've probably all got this one memorized, but I want to look at it a little bit slower than what we usually quote it. Proverbs chapter 3. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Starts out with trust in the Lord. Now I could probably ask Joy Dunbar, what does it mean to trust in the Lord? And Joy could give me a well thought out answer. But somebody who's new, somebody who's over in King's Kids, somebody sitting in, what, what's, the, what's the young people's activity on Sunday morning during church, junior church or whatever you call it. Somebody over in junior church may not have a complete understanding to be able to explain what trusting in the Lord means. But it says very clearly, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Okay. Is all my heart really committed to and working on trusting the Lord. To be quite honest, I still struggle. There's things that I still struggle over that I say, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's a steep hill to climb. That, that is, that is uh, it's going to take a little bit more consistency in my life to accomplish that. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. It is so easy for me to figure out a way. It's so easy for me to jump to a conclusion. It's so easy for me to make a decision. And lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all my ways. In all my ways. You mean even when I'm over at the Dunbar's house for, for a, I was going to say several days, two, Debbie, no, two and a half weeks, I keep telling you, you're going to be glad when Friday rolls around. You're going you're gonna to miss me when I'm gone. In all my ways, I have a problem with sarcasm. Oh, I don't have a problem with sarcasm. Everybody else around me has a problem with sarcasm. <laughs> And uh, so I have to 
in all my ways, I have to be very careful. I was telling Joy today, little confession here, uh, I've had to be careful over the years uh, because I'm sometimes a little bit too bold, a little too, too blunt, and I'm way too sarcastic. I've actually put a couple of pastor's wives in tears, and Mrs. Dunbar is one of them. Uh, the first time I put her in tears was quite a while ago. I don't remember. I was giving her grief about whatever. Unfortunately, she's such an easy target for me because so she is so innocent in believing that I'm just going to tell her the truth. <laughs> and unfortunately, I overstepped my bonds several years ago and put her in tears. And that just, okay, I need to get a guard on my tongue. I need to make myself much more careful of what I do say. There's teasing that can go on, but there's a limit. There's a limit. We have, Cheryl has a, well, we have uh, uh, Randy and Vicki Miller down in Iowa, uh, pastor and his wife. Uh, Cheryl's very close with, with Vicki. I put Vicki in tears. These are two of the most tender-hearted people I've ever met, and I can't keep my mouth shut. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Psalm chapter 27, verse 11. Psalm 27, verse 11. <clears throat> uh, 27, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Uh, I started praying that right after I was about ready to, uh, to graduate from school and I wasn't sure what the Lord wanted me to do. I knew what I wanted to do uh, as far as ministry-wise, but I wasn't sure what the Lord wanted me to do. And so one day, uh, long story short, I was put into a situation where I had to go into my pastor and say, I just lost my job this morning and uh, I've, got, uh, I've got a paycheck and a half coming and I'm not sure what it is that I'm supposed to do. And Pastor Nelson, being a very wise man of God, was sitting across his desk, and he said, uh, Larry, how long has the Lord been waiting on you to get into the ministry? I said, well, probably three or four months. He said, looks like he got tired of waiting on you. Got up and walked out of the office and got a cup of coffee. He didn't pray with me. <laughs> he didn't give me a Bible verse. He didn't say, it'll be okay. He just walked off and left me sitting. I walked out of his office more depressed and discouraged than I was when I walked in there. And what, had, what also had not taken place is because at that time I was working third shift. I hadn't told Cheryl I didn't have a job to go back to on I think it was on a Wednesday. Anyway, so I had to go home in my greater depressed condition after having taken the kids to school, not counseling with pastor. I tried. He was drinking coffee. And uh, I had to let her know, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Uh, I'm thinking that this is God's nudge, 
for me to get started on what I've been talking about because I had it all figured out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start cutting back on my hours at work as, uh, as our support comes in and so it'll all balance out. It'll be a smooth transition. Nope, the Lord said, I am your supply. I will watch over you. I will guide you and I will direct you. And this passage of scripture here was on February 27th. That's why I remember the, uh, the passage so well. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. When I got done with reading my Bible devotions, I took that verse and I said, Lord, you need to make my path as plain as a white line on a blacktop road because I don't want to end up in the ditch uh, because of mine enemies. I don't want my, and not really that I had enemies, but I don't want people that watch, was watching the change that was taking place in my life that, uh, oh, Larry went off the deep end. Larry got Jesus and all that. I didn't want, to, uh, didn't want them to end up gloating or getting the victory because I just fell apart. Lead me in a plain path. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16 kind of bounced back and forth. They probably had those, should have had those verses swapped around the other way so we're not having to bounce back and forth. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 9. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord Direct us his steps. If we ask, he will give us the wisdom. He will give us direction. Uh, I was talking to, uh, where were we the other night? We were over at uh, Miller's house. Uh, just talking about ministry and, and things like that. And it popped up about, uh, I still call him Jeremy. Most of you still call him Pastor Ingalls. Uh, when, when Pastor Dunbar asked if Jeremy would consider coming out to New York, to be uh, an assistant, the situation was, you know, we might be able to help you with, with rent. Might. You know, there, we've, got, we've got no guarantees of what's going to go on. Well, then, Pastor Service, he's out in Hawaii, and he wants Jeremy to come. And so, Pastor Dunbar, every week, has Jeremy made a decision yet? No, I, he's, he's praying about it. Has Jeremy made a decision yet? No, he's praying about it. Okay, it's been, Larry, it's been a month as he made it. I said, he's praying about it. Just give him some time to, I, I told him it's, it's in the Bible. Well, then Pastor Surface said, you know what? If you and Heather would like to come out, we will fly you out to Hawaii and you can stay with us for a week and a half. You can do the teen activity. You can uh, have the New Year's Eve service and all that. And that way you get a chance to be able to meet the church and the young people that you'd be working with. <laughs> and right after that, Pastor calls up, he says, they're doing what? He's taking them to Hawaii? They're never going to come back. I said, just keep praying. I said, I already talked to Jeremy. And uh, I, I told him, because Jeremy said, well, Dad, what about this? I said, you'll know when you read it. It's in your Bible. The good news is Auburn, New York, and Hawaii are not in the Bible. But it'll be very clear when you get there. A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Uh, turn over to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel chapter 2. In verse 20. Blessed be the name of God forever. 
and ever. For wisdom and might are his. He changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth the kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge unto them that know understanding. That's one of the things that I, I pray about still today. Lord, give me understanding of this passage that I'm reading to be able to explain it clearly, whether it be devotions with my family or whether it be for a, a message. Or what, Lord, give me understanding of what it is that, that I'm reading. It is God who changes the times and seasons, not the government. He allows it for us to grow. He gives us wisdom and understanding in the new, se- in the new season. Not always uh, before we get there, but in the new season, he will, he will give us that wisdom a lot of times. If we seek after him, he is the almighty God and always has the best reason for change in our lives and deserves all of our praise and worship. Last point. I don't know what number on. I don't have a number down here. Uh, My encouragement to you. Changes and transitions in our life are guaranteed. God, God wants us conformed to his image in order to grow. We need to be ready and willing to let God do his perfect work in our lives. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Right after the uh, book of Hebrews. James 1, 4. And I've got this one circled, but let, I have underlined in the circle there around the word let, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. There's not a question mark at the end of that. There's a period at the end of that. Wanting nothing. I have, the Lord has used that verse time after time in my life because things are always changing. But one of the things, I'm not a patient person. I I really have to work on it. But let patience have her perfect work. That's not where I live. (laughs) That's one of my biggest struggles, as I've mentioned before, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It's not easy, but God promises to be there for us if we will trust him. His word will guide us because it remains the same. Father, I thank you this time you've given to us to be able to look at your word. Uh, Lord, I ask that you continue to work in our lives, even through the seasons of life where we'll go through change, we are in changes, yet you remain the same and your word remains constant. Lord, may we have that walk with you, that time in the Bible, seeking after you, asking for wisdom, asking for understanding, asking for clarity, asking for direction, asking for you to uh, show us maybe what the next step is or, okay, uh, Lord, this change was not something that I chose. This is something that came about because of fill in the blank for whatever. Lord, as we each go through changes in life, And we'll all go through them, even some major changes for some of us this year. Lord, may we walk with you. May we know you like we've never known before. Lord, would you help us through the struggles and the trials, through the heartaches, through the sorrows, through the victories, 
through the, the happy times, not just through the sad times, but Lord, I thank you for changes and transitions that have taken in my life just simply because it's caused me to lean on you and to trust you more. In Christ's name I pray. Uh, we will not sing.